Welcome to the Pete Primo Show. It's episode 105, and we are with Lori Harshman, and we are going to talk about the Vegas market wrap-up. I just got in uh, a few hours ago. Uh, I came in on the red eye, and market was unbelievable. But before we get into it, let me just pay the bills very, very quickly. If you haven't bought my book, Sell a Million, what are you waiting for? Over a hundred ways to increase your profitability, your store traffic, and make more sales and more money. And I want to say thank you to the Mattress Industry Network Group run by Steve Hauk. Steve, it was great seeing you at market and thank you for all you do for our industry. And this group is over 1,700 strong. If you are in the mattress business, you should be in this free Facebook group. It's a great place to network. It's a great place to get information from fellow retailers. It is a group run by retailers to help you market, succeed, buy better, and um, just have more fun in the business. Hit that QR code, scan it. If you're watching on video, it'll take you right to the Mattress Industry Network, 100% free. Tell them P. Primo sent you. And let's get to the show. Lori, good morning. Good morning. So let me tell you guys, if somebody doesn't know Lori, I don't know where you've been the last 28 years because she is a 28-year mattress industry veteran. And uh, my my good friend, Tony Amato, saw saw the potential in in a young lady and hired her and the rest is history. Uh, Lori spent most of her time in retail, and I'm very, very, very proud to announce that she is one of my partners in Primo Furniture Sales, and she has an incredibly uh, huge territory. She's going to run all of Northern Ohio and Western PA and the tip of West Virginia. So she's going to be putting some miles on. And right now, the reason she's in our car, and this is lesson number one in episode 105. Write this down. If you own a business, if you are in sales, things aren't always going to go your way. (laughs) You might have sewage in your apartment. And you might have to punt and do a plan B. And guess what? That's why Lori's in her car. And it has nothing to do with her, by the way. It has to do with what's happening in the complex. So anyway, this is a great lesson in A, flexibility, and B, um, uh, resilience and determination to see something through. So great lessons in sales right from the get-go. Hey, Guy Danes. Evening, folks. Kyle and Guy Danes. Great book. Thank you for mailing it to us. It's South Africa. Okay, so we... Lori, I mailed this book. (laughs) I should say my lovely bride, Jenny, mailed this book to South Africa. Correct me if I'm wrong, Guy. Was it six months ago or was it eight months ago? He just got it last week or the week. Unbelievable. I was getting ready to ask for my money back uh, from the postal system, but he got his book and he got his journal and uh, it was just a little thank you for being on the show and 
interesting that I'm going to have his son, Kyle, on the show in the next few weeks. And I'm really looking forward to that because these guys are just pure-blooded. Took six months. Thanks, guy. I appreciate that. <laughs> and I appreciate your uh, you hanging in there. I really do. So Vegas market wrap-up. So the market is technically still going, but everybody who's been in our industry for any period of time knows that market really starts on Friday. Some dealers start trickling in on Friday. Quite a few are in on Saturday. The official opening is until Sunday, and then Sunday it just explodes. And Monday was just as crazy as Sunday was. And then it really kind of thins out after that, even though it goes on Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, every time I stay on a Tuesday, Wednesday, I always regret it. So I just came home on the red eye last night. And uh, very interesting, before we get started, um, another lesson. You can control everything you can control, and then you have to let it be. And when you see somebody in a situation that is a little less than normal, you really understand who they are. And our, our flight was delayed an hour and a half. And somehow, by a miracle, Lori, we were only a half hour late. I was supposed to get there at 620-something, and I got in at 7 this morning. But I was, I was blessed. The last time I did a red eye, which was a few weeks ago, I couldn't sleep whole time. This time I slept like a log and I slept when I got home up till 11 and here I am doing the show and I couldn't be more excited. So with that being said, Lori, welcome to Primo Furniture Sales. Thank you, Pete. I'm so excited. I can't wait. Yeah. And what we get started tomorrow or the day after? Oh no, you've got some stuff you got to do tomorrow. So yeah, the day Thursday after, we start. Yeah, we start our roll on Thursday. We start start on Thursday. So everyone, beware! We are going to be <laughs> on the road on Thursday and Friday, and uh, just having a ball. I really need to thank um, everybody um, at Market. So this is lesson number two, guys. Sales is a team sport. We as salespeople, sometimes we say certain things to ourselves, you know, if it's to be, it's up to me, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. But selling really is a team sport. I mean, our samples were beautiful at Bedden Industries of, of America. And I'm going to tell you something. One thing, and it was a minor detail, no mattress manufacturer I've ever worked for would have remade that sample. They remade the sample. These guys are perfectionists. They absolutely love the mattress industry and they're very demanding on their operations people. They will accept nothing less than absolute perfection. And, and, and it was pointed out to me by Steve Carnes and I said, my Lord. And by the way, Steve Carnes is the best mattress salesman I have ever seen in my life. And I've worked with some pretty darn good people, but Steve is rarefied air. I've never seen anybody as good as him. And watching him work is just amazing. So shout out to the Bedden Industries of America team. 
uh, for putting together a wonderful showroom. So here's some of the craziness that happened at market. It was so busy, Lori, that something happened to me first time in 41 years. What's that? I'm about to make a public apology about it. Oh, no. So I love, I love Trent and I love Trent Benton. I love Brian Talley from Trent Benton. Brian, here's my public apology. I am so sorry I missed our appointment. This is the first time it's ever happened at a market. And this is what happened. I had somebody who wasn't on the schedule who I would just usually drop, but they were unusually large. So um, there's my confession. I'm very sorry. Um, And then there was another dealer that didn't convert the Vegas time from Ohio. And I had two customers at the same time. Neither would let me go. And I'm trying to go. And I finally freed myself, but I was a half an hour late. I run over to the space and my good friend, Scott Montague, had taken care of, of Brian. But Brian, I, I'm publicly flogging myself. I love Trent Bedden so much. I love Trent. I love you. And this is my public apology. I've never had it happen in 41 years. It just it felt really, really bad. And then I'm trying to catch... Brian, I saw him once or twice in a hall and he ducked in and I couldn't see where he went. And then somebody else came up to me and just one, one thing. So that's how busy of a market it was, guys. I mean, we haven't had a market like this in three years. So that's amazing. Was, yeah. It was really, really exciting. And I, you know, you could probably tell Lori by how many times I sent you pictures like, Look at this Hemingway. Look at look at this lifetime. You know, look look at these beds. I mean, it's and you know, selling lesson number three. You sell from your enthusiasm. I mean, mattresses are rectangles, and can those rectangles change people's lives and help them wake up happy and pain free? Yes, they can. But at the end of the day, it's what we bring to the table and. Uh, if you're not enthusiastic about your product, I'd just say this to you. Don't sell it. Find something else to sell, whether it's a service or whether it's a product. Find something else that you do with your life because here's the reality. You spend too much time working. We all do. And, and it doesn't matter if you work 40 hours a week or you work 80 hours a week. You spend so much of your life working. You have to find something that you are passionate about, something that really turns you on and makes you happy. Because if not, people are going to see that lack of energy and that lack of commitment. And I call them half butts. You know, what? why be a half butt? If you don't love what you do, go find something that you can love. What say you, Lori? Uh, totally agree. If you don't have the passion, I mean, it shows in your confidence. It just shows in your overall appearance and how you deal with people. You got to be in it to win it 100% of the time, especially in this industry, right? I mean, we all know this isn't the most exciting thing. So if you don't have the passion for it, how are you going to transfer that, right? Yep. 100%. 100%. So 
Do we have any questions? I'm not seeing any questions. I get, you know why? It's because it's on Tuesday. Probably everyone was there uh, yesterday. Um, but here, they're I all have sleeping to... in right now, Pete. What's that? They're all sleeping in right now. No. Well, <laughs> you know, there were there were a couple other people that I know that that went on the red eye. As a matter of fact, right. KJ from Sam's Furniture. Hey, KJ, I hadn't seen you in a couple of years. It was great to see you at the airport, man. I was glad I could give you my seat and the charger. Um, he, uh, I ran into him at, at the airport. We were on the same flight. So getting back to that. So we're an hour and a half delayed and some people are really grumbling and they're really being miserable and they're, they're making themselves like they're amping themselves up and making themselves even more angry. And listen, I understand it, but the fact of the matter is, you learn everything you need to know about somebody when you see them in an adversity type situation. There's nothing you can do that, you know, they were down a stewardess. They have some kind of a requirement. Who knows? It could be a federal requirement that so many stewardesses have to be on that. And I don't know if somebody quit, somebody called in sick. I don't know what the situation was, uh, but that should resonate with you. It does. I used to be a flight attendant, not stewardess. That's ah. like so passe, Pete. <laughs> so like, yeah, it is. It's, um, I'm, it's I'm a pretty passe. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's true. There has to be so many on a flight before they can even back away from the terminal. But yeah. see, that's what we, you said it earlier. You have to be flexible, ready for anything. And here's the thing. like That's a flight, right? And it might be inconvenient, but a year from now, it doesn't matter. It does. Yeah. It's not part of the big picture, right? So go with the flow and make the best of it. You know, yeah. hopefully there's Annie M's or Annie N's, whatever. What's a pretzel place? Oh, Auntie Ann's. Yeah. Yeah. See, if there's one of those open, that's a silver lining. You're good. Yeah. <laughs> you have more time to eat more pretzels. There that's you right. go. I like it. Always find the silver line. And that, you know, that's a, a that's, a, that's a, a, a great thing. And, you know, I, I was saying this to myself. So what work could I knock out right now that I'm going to have to do when I get home? And I, I found a few things that I could do. And, uh, and so it's a blessing in disguise. If you look at every adverse situation that way, what can I do now with this extra time to make it productive? Or maybe you're exhausted and you just need to take, take a nap. But it, it was interesting. Uh, to watch different people's reactions. And it was like a warning sign to me to not jump into what these people were putting themselves through. You know, it was like, no, right. I've got too much to do. I've got too many people dependent on me to join in this negative stuff. Guy Danes has got a question or a comment. Oh, Kyle. Kyle, I love you, dude. I, you know, Kyle Danes is a story that's going to be told on the Pete Primo show. And it is a story about tragedy. It's a story about perseverance. It's a story about picking yourself up. And it's a story of, of soaring with the Eagles. And so anyway, let me read this question. I'm just doing a little hero worship, Kyle. Uh, sometimes in life, you can't control what happens to you, but you can choose how you decide to behave and act. Amen, Kyle. Amen. Yeah, 100%. And uh, I was very, very blessed that I had a father that just 
ingrained that in me. And uh, I don't know how many hundreds of times that he said that to me during my life. And unfortunately, I didn't have as much time with him as I would have liked. He died when I was 23. He was 51. But luckily for me, I was good vibes. Yes, brother, good vibes. Always good vibes. Uh, He ingrained the important life lessons in me, and they were part of me. And uh, that part of him lives on in, in me and in my children. So. Thanks, Dad. I feel horribly sorry for people that didn't have a good dad because one of the things that we have in common, Lori, is you had an amazing dad. Oh, dad. Yeah. Yeah. Miss him yeah. every day. Yeah. Yep. Me too. Me too. So let me continue with, with market. So here was the big debate at market, Lori. And I, I think I know what you're going to say. Uh-oh. So the big debate at market was, is this the best market ever? Or is this just going back to normal? And I know you weren't there, but you kind of got glimpses because I was texting you and calling you. And I love it. I almost felt like I was there. Yeah. So... Based on like what you were getting, because I think your viewpoint was actually important because you weren't there and you were just kind of getting what I was giving off. What would you say? I think best market ever, um, simply because I think with everything coming back to normal now, I think we forgot and took things for granted, right? Yeah. Like we forgot. We just took it for granted. Hey, we're going to be here every year. Oh, I got to go to Vegas. and. Now that there was such a great showing, everybody's back. I think it was best market ever, right? Which, I mean, what do you think? I mean, I guess you could look at it either way, but I just, I think on the positive note, it's got to be best market ever because everybody felt thankful and blessed to be there again and back to normal speed, right? Yeah. So... What I said about last market in January, because I, I had that neck surgery and I couldn't be at the summer right. market. Um, and it was amazing because everyone's like going up to me, go like, everything seems like normal. And I'm like, it is. What's up? Yeah. Oh, you had the neck surgery. You know, I thought you would know, be limping around like, oh, hunchback. Yeah. Slap me on the back. Slap me on the back. Give me a hug. <laughs> you know, let's do what we normally do. It's all good. I mean, I was lifting weights three weeks after that surgery. I know. I still can't believe that. I was just so blessed. I had a great, great, great doctor. So so it was a tale of two cities. Um, At Bedden Industries of America, um, I wish I had taken more pictures when it was busy, but when it was busy, I was busy too. And there were a couple of times where I had two people at the same time and I have to shout out to my teammates at Benton Industries of America. First of all, Phil Carlitz, uh, who owns and runs with his brother and his father, um, Chicago factory that we ship out of. Uh, Phil, thanks for everything you do. Uh, since you've taken this over in the past year, I've noticed a difference in, in the quality. And it wasn't bad before. It's just gotten even better. Um, we actually put our dealers in a 
more prominent position than we ever have as a company. We really are focused and Phil is focused on what's happening for our dealers and how do we become the best partner that we can become. And that drives almost every conversation I have with Phil. So shout out to Phil. Thank you for being an awesome owner and a great teammate. And um, don't get too big of a deal because I kneeled in front of you. And um, sorry, Miriam, Phil's wife, that I gave him a big head at market. So anyway, uh, big shout out to my sales manager, James Short, who called me when one of my dealers came in to finalize their lineup. but the phones weren't working as you know often happens at market and Not all he, the time <laughs> uh J- james pitched in uh, a handful of times with with dealers and enzo mastriani a unbelievable rep in michigan and indiana who helped me uh while we were at market steve carnes who helped me the greatest mattress salesman i've ever met in my life and our our you know our head sales guy for the entire company. He's just amazing. And also, uh, Mike Carolla, thank you for pitching in and helping uh, Joey and Joey Amato in rock, at Rock and Roll City. Uh, you did a great job while I was tied up. And um, it was just an amazing market to, to, to go from you know, maybe having a, a few dealers to having over a dozen dealers and um, some really big dealers and some really big prospects in their top 100s. Um, there were more top 100s in Benton Industries of America's space than probably in any other space other than, say, maybe a Tempur-Pedic. But uh, speaking of which... The fear is palpable. It's not even fear. Do you know what it is? I think most dealers have made their piece that TSI is buying mattress firm. Right. And, but they're, they're not taking it laying down. They're looking hard. They're looking hard at reducing skews. They're looking hard at dropping them. Uh, there have been some major players that have dropped them completely. Um, I think there's going to be some real backlash. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. You know, and this has happened before. I mean, this isn't anything uh, new. Sealy bought Matt Firm and then they were forced to spin it off. Uh, I forget how long that was. It was like for a few years. And it was frustrating for me as a rep that was competing against it because we really didn't get that many new dealers off of it. This time it's different. It's, It's very different. Some dealers have already dropped them without even the announcement being made, but I mean, it's, it's, it's palpable. And when I asked the question, okay, there's a lot of stuff going on in our industry, Mr. and Mrs. Dealer. You know, which one concerns you the most? The fact that, you know, SSB is entering chapter 11 bankruptcy, or is it the fact that TSI is probably buying mattress firm? It was TSI buying mattress from right. that was the biggest thorn in everybody's side, side. They didn't really care about the SSB Chapter 11 thing. You no. know, so many companies have come in and out of Chapter 11s. Uh, I, I think we're almost numb to it. I agree. I agree. I think the problem with, I mean, TSI buying Matt firm, I mean, we've heard grumblings about this for a while, right? 
But yeah. what gets me is I I don't think they I I can't understand why they didn't stop and think how this would affect their partnerships with their dealers. They didn't right. think they just didn't think or right. they don't care. Either way, it's not showing that they're really part of that partnership, right? They're not into right. it. They have to be, you have to, I, don't, I just, it's so confusing to me. I just, I don't see how they would think that's good for their business overall, right? It, it might be uh, that they want to control, I mean, more more real estate directly. They, they've been very demanded in the last few months. And, you know, usually there's like one set program and you hear the same thing from each dealer. And this time it was just all over the board, but very demanding. Like, hey, if we don't have half your floor, we're not selling you anymore. Or, hey, thank you for the Tempur-Pedic business. But if you don't put Sealy Hybrids on, you're gone. If you don't put Stearns and Foster on, you're gone. And Wait till you see the Stearns and Foster covers. Oh my God. It's a bad joke. Somebody somebody was doing something they shouldn't have and somebody signed off on something and it's clownish. It really is. I've never said anything bad about a competitor. It's not good. It, it really is not good. It's embarrassing. Um, Guy Danes, thank you for saving me from me going down a slightly negative road, which yeah, I tried to avoid at all. At, I tried to avoid at all costs. Did many sales take place or was it more relationship development time? Both um, more heavy uh, guy on relationship development time. Um, unless uh, the vendor that you represent has a particular deal that has to be done at market, you're usually not going to write business. But I will tell you this. These are people that we do have relationships with. and. Market is a great time, and I want you to dish on this too, Lori. Uh, it's a great time to further those relationships um, at a very significant um, uh, dealer. We went from uh, basically two SKUs to 11 SKUs with Bedden Industries of America, and this is a, a, a two stores that do over $4 million at retail and, and the sleep shop. So really super powerful. Sleep wow, shop. That's amazing. And if I told you where they were, which I'm not, um, <laughs> you would go, that's not even possible. And it's possible because these people are special. They are students of the game. And every trend that is important in our industry, they're there. Flexheads, they're putting flexheads on their floor in hybrids and in all foam beds. Um, and anything they can get their hands on, they're putting it on their floor. That's a flex head. So that's a very important development in our industry. Uh, they're all over tufted product, which is a better built product that you don't have the shifting of the upholstery layers and you don't get body impressions because it's pre-compressed. So they are all over everything and they, uh, they're, they use social media the right way. They have a good website. They do all the things. And if I told you where they, you would say, no, it's not possible. Well, it's possible. So, and on top of this, Lori, I'm going to let you dish on that though. Uh, I got two containers on top of all that. 
Nice. Of adjustable beds. That's amazing. Well, that's that the same, way of the future, right? That same, that same one dealer. That's amazing. We're going to have to scoop on the side about that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you got to so give me what, the 411. So what say you, Lori? What say you? Uh, I don't know where to start. Okay, so you said you did send me a bunch of... Sorry, I'm start. My dog's getting a little... I've got my co-pilot with me. That's She's okay. She's getting a little anxious. Um, so you did, I really do appreciate all the pictures. So that was amazing seeing everything. And I have to say that the tufting was beautiful. You know, we used to see that on all the higher end products and they kind of faded away a little bit. And it's really kind of refreshing to see it again. It's just so different from the flat tops that have been popular the past 10 years or so. Right. Yeah. And just the little attention to detail like that's just amazing. Um, with the flex heads, that's huge. Because um, what is it? It's almost 25% of all mattresses are sold with some type of motion base, right? Yep. And I think that number is just going to continue to grow. Yes. I'm partial myself. You know, I'm partial to it. Um, and I think that's it, too. Oh, ice falling up. Show us the dog. I, I want to see the dog. Sit. You want to see Gizzy? Come here, Gizzy. Yeah. Hey, Gizzy. <laughs> Hi, Gizzy. Oh, you're being such a good boy. She, girl. Girl. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Good boy. Good girl. The, the pink didn't give it away. Well, I guess it doesn't matter. It's kind of a unisex color anymore, right? Yeah, she's a good girl. Good. So. Well, what I called bed and industry of America when, when I was in the showroom, and I would say this to my to my dealers. This is a candy store for mattress nerds. You want natural, you want organic, we have it. You want latex, we are the largest uh, consumer and seller of latex in this country. And that's what a lot of people don't know. Here's another thing that people don't know. That, yeah, we have the Eastman house, we have Harvest, we we have Eclipse, we have... um, all these brands. But in addition to that, we are the largest private label producer, OEM producer of mattresses in America. And a lot of people don't know that. And anybody that needs a private label that can give any substantial amount of business, we can do it for you. So that's another thing that people may or may not know. But I I would tell you this. If you would have just taken a snapshot, any random point in the day at Bed and Industries of of America, there was never, never a time where there wasn't at least a handful of customers in the store, in, in, in the, in the space. And there were times where we had like 20 to 25 dealers and it was wall to wall people and you know, it it was crazy. It, it, I've never seen anything like it. So getting back to the original question, um, some of my bosses at, at the other line said it was, it was very good. It was the best market we've had in years. And it's definitely very close to a normal market. But at Bedden Industries of America, it was the best market we've ever had. Because I think what's mm-hmm. happening 
is the word is getting out, right? Right. That th- this is this is a place. You want tufted product? We have it. You want latex? We have it. You want natural? We have it. You want organic? We have it. Uh, you you want a bed in a box program that's an online presence and you participate in revenue share? Uh, you've got it. And uh, you know we rolled out some some additional beds and boxes with great specs. That is not your run of the mill average come see come saw mattress. I mean, it is a real mattress with really quality components. I mean, we we've got we've got beds and boxes that retail over two thousand dollars, and they're worth it every penny That's of amazing. it because they're all natural lay latex with natural covers, natural uh, fire barriers. Everything's natural in them. So there, there, there was so much there. Um, so getting back to this thing, um, uh, you know, about selling being a team sport. One of the things that has always struck me about you is you've always really embraced that. And I don't know where did that come from. Did was that something like in your younger years, or was <laughs> it something that you kind of learned from your early mentors, like? Like Tony, uh, exactly where me. So, yeah, it's exactly that. It's Tony and Joey Amato. I've learned, I mean, I was with them, I started with them when I was 20 years old, right? Wow. I knew nothing. So, what it was, it was kind of funny. I answered an ad in the classifieds back when that was still a thing, right? The newspaper and didn't even know what it was for. And I had this interview that lasted almost eight hours with Tony because it turned into lunch or dinner, you know, half dinner, half lunch. But there's so many things I learned from him. Um, And it is a team sport, right? Because you're dealing with people, the general public. We all have personalities. Everybody has a personality and sometimes they don't always click, right? So you have to be able to count on your counterparts. Or it might be your lack of knowledge or their lack of knowledge. We're all there to support each other. Yeah. So I did, yeah, I learned that from Tony and Joey, who was always, they're like, I kind of feel like they're my cousins, you know, they're just such a big part of why I'm in this industry still. Um, It sticks right up there. I don't know if you remember this, Pete, but it's, it's right up there with people who have integrity can't work for those who don't. And people who don't have integrity can't work for those who do. That's oh. a big thing. Oh, 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 oh. And that is the quote of the day. Right? Oh, Lori, that is just, that's a grand slam home. If you get nothing else out of this show, it's true. Write that down. If you own a business, write that down. If And any human being should write that down because it's, it's an important thing. Uh, yeah, it, 100%. So, I've learned an awful lot from both Joey Amato and Tony Amato over the years. Um, but the one thing that always sticks with me is uh, I was, you know, he was supposed to close about, I think he did close at eight and uh, he had just reopened and it was just Tony and it was just on the state road store. He locked everything up, but he wanted to keep talking and me and Jenny, you know, we didn't have Christiana at that point. And we just sat there and talked and talked and talked. And he said something that will stick with me for the rest of my life. He said, Pete, 
I can teach anybody who has average intelligence how to sell a mattress. But what I can't teach is I can't teach decency. I can't teach manners. If their parents didn't do a good job with them, there's nothing I can do with that. And you can't fix that. And then he told me the story about Nick Marcos. And he said, because I said, I'm looking for a salesman. And he goes, well, let me tell you a story about Nick. He's my rep for Serta. And I'm, I've got cameras and I'm seeing somebody picking stuff up in the parking lot. It was Nick picking up trash because he cared about how his dealer's parking lot looked. Right. And I can see that. I can totally see that. From and Nick. so Tony got Nick. Now, I had competed against Nick. And he's one of the few reps that I consistently ran into. So I already knew Nick was probably the guy that I really wanted. Uh, but when I heard that story, I just, I just looked at Jenny and I just said, that's the guy. Because you've got to be a good human being yes. before you can be a great salesperson, before you can be a great business owner. You've got to be a great human being. You really do. And Tony's words are so true. And they're truer now today. If you're not a good, honest, hardworking person who respects people and who has good manners, what can you do with that? I mean, it's... I, I feel sorry for owners these days. Kyle, what you got for me? So this is the great Kyle Danes. What do you believe is the key difference between high-performance salespeople versus low-performance salespeople in your competitive market? Well, we just touched on some of it, but I, I'm going to let Lori dish on this, and then I have a few thoughts too. She'll probably beat me to 90% of... <laughs> when me and Lori have talked over the years, we just found that out that we just feel about things so much the same. That's why we're working together because our values line up so closely. It's ridiculous. And so take a swipe at that one. All right. So my knee jerk and what I think it all comes down to is passion. You got it or you don't, right? Um, in this industry, in any industry, no matter what you do, any sales, you have to be passionate about what you're selling or yep. teach yourself to be passionate about it. Because if you're not all in, people can sense that, right? Like you hear all the time that sales is transfer of enthusiasm. If you don't have it, you can't transfer it. Nobody's yep. going to feel it unless you do, right? So, I mean, commitment, obviously, but I think that's a given, but absolutely passion. Yeah, yeah. You have to want to be better all the time. Like you and I talk about this all the time too, Pete, is no matter how long you've been in whatever sales position you're in, you can learn something every day. You can learn something new from somebody that's been on the day on the job for one day, right? Yep. Because I think we all kind of get complacent and you all kind of 
we all kind of get stuck in our routines that it's important to kind of think outside the box and see what somebody else's prerogative is. Do you agree? I think I do. I do. Um, and you know, I do. Um, I, I think that when, when we start to think about high performing people and low performing people, I just start to make a list. And the, the first thing is, I think that a high performer believes in him or herself. They believe, they look in the mirror and they like who they see. They listen, they might know that they got a pimple here or, you know, they're wish they were a little bit heavier, a little bit lighter. I'm not talking about that stuff. They like who they are. They know that they're going to do the right thing. That's first and foremost. I think that this thing that you were touching on, Lori, is just huge. Are you open-minded? Are you a student? All high performers watch. Um, And I remember like my conversations with Angel Gutierrez, God rest his soul. When I was working at Kronheim's Furniture as an RSA, and I used to follow him around to learn. Well, he was listening to me too. And we would have breakfast together and we would talk about situations. And I was literally a student at the foot, at the sitting at the feet of a master taking notes. Everything that man said, I took uh, and ran with it. George Cooley um, was one of my early mentors. You know, he taught the most important lesson is you got to love people. If you don't love people, get out of sales because it's going to come across. Right, right, right. You love people, you care about people, you want to do the right thing for people or you don't. And if you don't, do me a favor, get out of the profession that I love because I love this profession. It took me from a poor kid from Schenectady to to New York, in New York, to a semi wealthy guy in Cleveland, Ohio, who no one would ever know by the house I live in or the cars I drive that I have anything. But more importantly than that, it's the rich, rich part comes from the relationships, the friends, the dealers that took me under their wings and gave pity on me because at the beginning I was pretty darn pathetic and I really needed a lot. I was so shy, Lori, that I would not take my ups. I would go to the bathroom and I go back down to the bottom. I don't know if I buy that, Pete. (laughs) I was, I was, I was a complete and total, and I am by nature an introvert. I truly am. Uh, If you guys see me on a beach, I'm not striking up conversation with the person to the side of me. If they talk to me, I will engage them fully. Um, but I'll just keep my nose in a book. I, I mean, I am truly an introvert, but I do love people. And that's the thing that kept me um, in this business. Being open-minded, being a student, and, and the opposite, Kyle, is being closed-minded, being a maven, being a know-it-all. Uh, it's amazing to me how many people are know-it-alls after a few years in this industry. Well, you haven't even begun to learn the industry, my friend. Um, and here I am, 41 years into it, and I learn something new every day. And I do learn new things from brand new people. Yes. And you know, something. sometimes what you learn is, when was the last time I was that excited? 
When was the last time I was that passionate? How, when was the last time I put that much energy into a presentation? And we have to be self-critical. If we're going to be a high performer, we have to be self-critical without bringing ourselves down. And that's hard to do. And sometimes the best thing that you can do is sit at the foot of somebody else who's done it longer than you and you will pick up some really great things and there'll be some things that you discard that you say, no, I'm, I'm not going to do that uh, or I'm just not ready to do that or that's not my style. I, I get that. But the low performer does not engage mentors. They do not create um, relationships with their teammates. I think that's huge. I, I, I really believe that selling is a team sport. Um, even if you are a lone wolf salesperson, it's still a team sport because whether it's a service or a product, so, so at, when you make that sale, you are dependent on an operations team to deliver that product. And you better have good relationships with those people. They better like you and they better really uh, want to help your customers because you have engaged them and you have created relationships with them. Um, I'll never forget the first time I took pizza to the uh, Sutherland factory when I was working for Sutherland. And Marty comes up to me. He said, P, that is so generous. It's wonderful. But I, I just got to tell you something. If you want to do something for our supervisors, it's fine. But the workers, they just don't appreciate it. Most of them just, they just don't. And it actually has a more, a reverse effect in that if you do that for them, now they expect it and, and they will actually grumble like, well, we didn't get pizza um, from Pete. And he goes, so just please don't do that. And I was like, wow, that, you know, but I've always sought to create relationships with everybody on my team that's responsible for delivering the product or the service. And I think high performers do that. And low performers don't really worry about it. It's almost like I did my job. I made the sale. No, dude, do that. Your job just started. Right. Now, right. now the real work begins. Now the, you have to follow through and make sure that every T was crossed and every I was dotted from your side and don't assume that it's going to go swimmingly well. Assume that everything that can go wrong will go wrong and you have to be there every step of the way to make sure that it goes the right way. And I've been accused of uh, micromanaging uh, people in my organizations. I try not to do it, but I really, um, I really think that the, the war real work starts when you make the set. What, what would say you? I agree. All yeah, talk. I agree. I agree because we're just the first step, right? Yeah. We're the first, I mean, we're we first need to deliver a product every week to these people that's good product is on the right delivery days and all that good stuff. Um, Kyle, what you got? Would you agree that we all have bad days? Yeah, we sure do, Kyle. Um, Stay home. Yeah. Uh, I actually would yell at Nick sometimes and say, Nick, stay home. What? I 
stay home. That's not helping Why? anybody. So, I, I yeah. Because your brand, more than any other sales rep's brand that I know, is energy, is passion. What makes you different is you bring it, brother. And if you really feel that bad, just don't don't go out there and don't ruin go. your brand. Don't don't do it. Um, can you pull it back up, Chris, so I can see Kyle's? Okay, Kyle, would you agree? This is the great Kyle Danes. Would you agree that we all have bad days, but the high-performing people handle the bad days better than low-performing people? They pick themselves up quicker. Yes. And here's an interesting thing. When you're really having a bad day and it's like really, really bad, sometimes just taking the first few steps. So I had this conversation several times with Nick. I mean, really, really going bad. And I'm like, just don't go out. And he goes, no, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go out and I'm going to visit my first customer. If I'm a train wreck after that, I will, I will come back home. But almost every time, as a matter of fact, every time, he'd go see the first customer and guess what? All the stuff that happened before went away. Now he's focused on his customer. He's focused on their problems. And his problems seem small compared to uh, what's going on. And, and focusing on other people is a huge secret in overcoming bad days. Huge. People depend on you. They depend on you. And so, listen, we all have something that happens to us that we could be selfish about and say, listen, I'm having a bad day. It's raining cats and dogs and it's just, it's, it's, it's not my day. And, uh, so I, I, what I say is get up, do the very first items. And the first item is, Get in the shower, get dressed with your business clothes on, get that first account or call in if you're working in your office and you're working the phone, make that first call. And I think something is going to start to happen because if you're really in the right place and you really love sales, you're going to get juiced up and then you're going to go. And, and if not, if it's not happening after a little bit, go home, you know? And uh, sales managers and VPs of sales, I'm not encouraging your salespeople to take off four out of five days a week. <laughs> I don't even don't even bother texting me or sending me the I emails. Right. I, I that's not what I said. I said what I said, and and I meant it. Now, if you work in a retail store, I never missed a day ever. You get your butt in that store, no matter how you feel, and you'll be surprised at how much better you feel. After you, you know, start to get to work. So, sales reps, little different story. You have the luxury of managing your times. Just remember that if you take a certain amount of time off, whether it's an hour or whether it's an entire day, you owe it to yourself. You owe it to your dealers. You owe it to your manufacturers. But most of all, you owe it to yourself to make up that time. So, I just want to be clear on that so nobody takes it too no, awful super far. true. Super right. true, right? Because the everybody's the, your RSAs, their favorite companies are the companies that are represented well. They don't see the reps, they don't hear communications. It's going to be on the back burner. So their favorite 
manufacturers are the companies that they're connected with and people yes. that stay connected with them. So yeah, it's absolutely yeah. true. And, and, and listen, uh, we're coming off of this crazy COVID thing and we didn't have a choice. We were literally locked in our houses. We, you know, our, our dealers weren't allowed to be open. We weren't allowed to visit them. Uh, for the most part, there were some exceptions. Um, and so we got really, really good at working the phone and working our computers and texting and all that stuff. And, and that's great to be proficient there. But the reality is, if you are a sales rep um, face face. in our industry, they need to see you. They need to see you. You need to talk to the warehouse people. You need to talk to the secretaries. You need to talk to the buyers, the owners, everybody. Uh, you need to be in those stores. And the one thing that was consistently said about every top rep uh, when they were asked the question, uh, the, their dealers were asked the question, so how's blah, blah, blah treating you? And they all said the same thing. We see him or her all the time. We don't see the other reps. Chronic complaints about huge name brands. Reps don't show up. They don't do their jobs. They don't even return emails or phone calls especially well. So um, you get what you tolerate. You get what you recruit. And... If you as a business owner, store owner, and or a VP of sales, because I know a lot of you uh, 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 VPs of sales watch this show, you hired them, you train them, you explain to them the metrics, what success looks like. Hopefully, you modeled success. You closed sales that they couldn't close on them by themselves, and you showed them that even when it looks like you can't close a sale, you can close the sale and you show them. And, and this is the one thing that I, I've been brutal on. If you as a sales manager can't close something that your salesperson can't close, you don't belong being a sales manager. You really don't. Uh, you have to be the best salesman. In my mind, you really do. You have to be able to go out there and make sales that your salespeople don't believe can be made. And when you do that, there's a whole new level of respect. And then it's feedback. And don't wait until you're angry and they failed 10 times in a row. Catch them on the first time or the second time and say, hey, listen, everything you're doing is great. All right. This is the old sandwich method. Yeah. Bookend it. Bookend it. Right. Compl compliment them <laughs> on what they're doing right. Critique in a positive way what they're doing wrong. Model it. Show them what they could be saying. And then give them another compliment to end it. So it's the old sandwich method. There's a lot of names for it. Uh, you know, Lori immediately said bookend. Uh, <laughs> compliment critique, but give them the answer and show them a couple different ways instead of just one. And then another compliment and say, I know you're going to fix this. I'll, I'll never, I'll share this story real quick because we're coming up on it. All right. I was working with Barbara McKay, who uh, 
is now Barbara Sherman. And Barbara was my boss at Serta. And I got outflanked by another rep. It was a 10 or a 20 store sleep shop chain. I concentrated on seeing the owner and the buyer every week. The other rep from the other company that I was really competing against visited all the stores. The other, the other salesperson for the other company knew that each store manager was going to get a vote and it was close and we lost, but I never visited the other stores. I visited one or two or three of them, but I didn't visit all 10. I didn't build relationships with all 10. So here's your final lesson in this episode. Understand the sales process. Understand how decisions are made um, at, a, at a store level. If you are a sales rep, a B2B sales rep, you need to understand how that decision is going to be made. Is one person making it? Is a committee making it? Or is there a bigger group of people that are making that decision and you need to take all the chances out of it? You need to develop relationships with all of those key stakeholders and they should all be voting for you. If, if you do your job right, um, you will win a lot more sales with that. Last word. What say you, Lori, to these, to everybody that listened to the show as we say well, goodbye? Uh, well, thank you. I'm so blessed to be part of Primo Furniture Sales and back in Cleveland, my hometown. Um, just thank you, everybody, for listening. I look forward to meeting all my new accounts and growing with you and building relationships and both learning from you and helping you learn. Yeah. So thank you, Pete, my dear, I, dear friend. I'm so excited. I am sure I'm going to learn a lot from you. I learn a lot from everybody every day. And I guess that just puts a bow on it, Kyle. You know what? Be willing to learn every day. Be a student of your craft, no matter how many years you have in the business. Always be willing to learn. I think that's the biggest thing that separates uh, winners from losers in sales and quite frankly, in life. So with that, we say goodbye and have a great day, everybody. Thank you for listening to our show. And thank you for every teammate. And if I missed anybody, I am so sorry. Hit me up and let me know. And uh, but no comments about the other thing. I, I don't want to. I don't want to hear it. Right. No. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you so much. Happy selling. <laughs>